Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. Today is our final episode of season one of the Dog Friendly KW Podcast. Can you believe it? Nope me neither it's flown by so today we are doing a Q&A episode where we answer all the questions that our listeners have submitted to us so let's get going pushing through the storm ahead and the seas are getting rough and it is getting harder all right well welcome to the dog friendly kw podcast with your hosts Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. And today we are doing a very special Q&A episode to wrap up the first season of the Dog Friendly KW podcast. So we're super excited. Kenzie, are you excited? I'm excited. So excited. Woof, woof. Woof, woof. Yeah. Um, it's gone by so fast. We started this in, it was December, right? So it's been a couple months now. Started this in December. This is our 13th episode. Lucky, lucky 13. Lucky number 13. Um, So after this episode today, we're going to take a little break, do some planning, and we will be back in April with season two. So let's dive into our questions that our listeners submitted to us. We've got some awesome questions here today. So Ken, do you want to kick us off with the first question? I sure would love to. Okay, so the first question is, what is the best way to find groom trails? Great question, because if anybody saw some of the pictures and videos Mackenzie and I posted at one point of us practically ice skating with our dogs at Huron Natural Area, um, finding groom trails is kind of important in the winter. Yeah. So... I mean, the first thing, and this isn't how to find groom trails, but the first thing is to watch the weather. I mean, if it's recently, if you've had like a drop in temperature or if you've, if it's warmed a bit and everything thawed, and then all of a sudden you had a drop in temperature, it's very likely things are going to be icy. So just be mindful of what the weather has been like the last few days. Um, Ken's, what are some other good things to think about when looking for groomed or at least like well-maintained trails? Well, We did some research and we found that the best groomed trails in the city, so in KW, would be um, trails that are actually paved. So trails like the Iron Horse and Spurline, um, those are best bets that they will actually be maintained and cleared of snow. So that's really at the top of the list. Um, There's a few others, but like here on Natural Area, again, it's not maintain per se um, but there is a lot of traffic so it does wear down the snow which could be good or bad Um, so i.e ice so just be uh, careful of that but uh, there's always people walking on those trails um, and I do find that the the trails melt semi quickly due to all of that foot traffic so there's uh, there's an idea there 
Yeah. And that's the same for like another popular trail would be the hydro cut. So because people do actually still mountain bike there in the winter, the, the bikes are actually kind of packing down the trails. So those ones can be good as well if they're snow packed. Um, and then this quote that we found on the city of Kitchener website, I'm just going to read it. Um, cause we thought this was like a really good rule of thumb for if you were looking for what might be groomed and what might not be. So city of Kitchener, Nope, sorry. City of Cambridge says that city urban trails are hard surfaced and as such, uh, most are all winter maintained. Natural river area trails and woodlot trails are generally not maintained due to their location within natural environment areas and their natural surfaces. As such, these cannot be plowed or salted. So your more rural, you know, dirt path trails um, that are kind of in the forest aren't going to be plowed because they often obviously can't get the equipment in there to do that. And they want to preserve the natural environment. Um, but the paved surfaces are more likely to be. Okay. What do we have next? So second question, are there any breed specific dog clubs out there, um, or walking groups for small dogs? Um, leader of the pack KW. So Lily Romeo, um, she does community walks every week. Um, she just started up again. Um, she's got COVID protocols in place. So a maximum of 25 people and you have to wear a mask, um, at all times, but these kind of community walks are open to all breeds of dogs, big or small, and they are calm structured walks. So it would be a great opportunity if you have like a smaller nervous dogs, a dog like my dog Aladar is afraid of like larger dogs. It's a great walking experience for her because um, she gets to be around bigger dogs in a calm, um, calm way. And she knows that she's not going to get eaten. <laughs> yeah. And like Lily and all of the guests on the walks do such a great job of, you know, making sure that all dogs are comfortable. And if you have a dog that's working through some stuff, um, but you still want to go, um, just chat with Lily about it and, you know, she'll be sure to like tell people to like give you more space or whatever your dog requires. There are dogs that come on those walks that wear muzzles. Um, there are dogs that are, you know, working through some reactivity. Um, I've had some pretty challenging walks with my pup myself on, um, walks with Lily and that group is fantastic for, um, making sure that your dog gets what they need. For sure. And, The second part of that question, are there any breed-specific dog clubs out there? So I'm not entirely sure uh, what this means, but I can't answer it like this. So there are... There is a Kitchener-Waterloo Kennel Club. Now, that is, like, part of the CKC, the Canadian Kennel Club, and it is a club that is within Kitchener-Waterloo. Now, if you're asking if there's, like, a Italian Greyhound Club... In Kitchener-Waterloo, there is because I made one, (laughs) but (laughs) it's not uh, formal per se. It's more of like I just uh, connected with all of the IG owners within the area and uh, we do playdates every now and again. So my suggestion, if you're interested in a breed specific like playdate, reach out on, um, you know, Instagram, uh, dog owners of KW is a great Facebook page uh, for all of owners um, in Kitchener Waterloo. There's a lot of um, good uh, stuff on there. So um, if you're interested, um, post there and maybe you'll get some hits for some playdates. That's great. All right, Ken's, what is our final question of the first half of today's episode? 
Okay, what do you believe to be basic dog park etiquette? Oh, this one's a bit of a doozy. Loaded question. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we've got uh, a little bit more time because the first two questions were pretty short. So I guess the first thing, we'll kind of start with the caveat that we personally aren't the biggest fan of dog parks just due to their unpredictability and just they're very unstructured and unpredictable in nature. Um, and I know like I'm, I get particularly anxious at dog parks. I'm not at my best and I'm sure my dog picks up on that. So they don't work well for me, but also I totally understand why people love to take their dogs to dog parks. Um, it's great for them to turn around and blow off steam and hang out with other dogs. Totally get it. Um, so I guess before we dive into what some of our thoughts on etiquette are, um, I wanted to go over, we wanted to go over what some of the actual rules are of dog parks, because there are actual rules that are set out by the municipality um, that you have to follow when you go to a dog park. So Ken's, what are some of those rules? So these set of rules pertains to almost every dog park in Kitchener-Waterloo. So the first one is don't bring in treats or toys. That's just just not a great idea. Excitement, you know, um, we can have dogs that, you know, are, are possessive and that's just a disaster waiting to happen. Um, number two, don't bring puppies. So this is under four months old. Uh, firstly, their dogs this age are not fully vaccinated um, and they are susceptible to uh, certain um canine diseases like distemper, et cetera. So just be aware of that. Also, it says here, no aggressive dogs or dogs in heat. This kind of goes into my next, not mine, but the next <laughs> point. Uh, older dogs than older than seven months must, not, uh, must be spayed or neutered entering a dog park. So this is something that I personally... I see a lot of intact dogs, well, males, I can't tell the females, yeah. um, but I see a lot of intact males at dog parts. Um, and I, I actually didn't know that this was a rule until we, we did this. And just to note, so these rules we're reading, these were off of the City of Waterloo website. We didn't want to read you three different sets of rules. So these would definitely apply to, um, I think Kiwanis and Bechtel are both technically Waterloo. But yeah, like look up the city of Kitchener rules. I would imagine they're quite similar. Um, yeah, just moving along, we have things, uh, just points of kids under uh, 12 must be accompanied by an adult. So don't send your child with your dog. <laughs> um, pick up after your dog. So if your dog has to go to the bathroom, please pick it up. Dogs must have proper licenses and vaccinations. That's kind of a given. And lastly, stay in close control of your dog. So those, again, like Justine said, those are right off the, the website um, from Waterloo. So just, just keep those in mind. Yeah. And in terms of just some like other things that we think is really important, like obviously we've already alluded to that food is a no-go, but honestly, I've seen um, some weird stuff happen with water around. I wouldn't even bring water unless it's sweltering hot out. Um, if your dog struggles with reactivity, dog park might not be the best place. Um, don't stand still. Keep moving when you're at the dog park. So some dog parks, I know um, Bechtel and Qantas as well. And I think the odd, the odd, yeah, actually have rules that you need to be walking um, because it, I guess the dogs get less territorial when you're not standing in the same place. 
Um, and I guess the last thing is just like, know when it's time to go and be respectful. Like that's going to be key at a dog park and always just understand the risk you assume going to a dog park. So I would say, don't play with fire. If your dog is not getting along with another dog, just leave. Like it's, it's not even worth testing the boundaries. Um, just go. It's not the end of the world um, because bad stuff can happen at dog parks. So be careful. And it can scar your dog for life and you. Yeah. So just be be respectful and careful. We want all your pups to stay safe. Yes, definitely. So I think it's time for a quick break. When we come back, we'll be chatting about local Canadian makers of dog products, indoor activities, and sensitive pups. It is time for our Celebrity Pup of the Week. Celebrity Pup of the Week. Woof, woof. All right, Kenz, who is our celebrity pup, or should I say pups of the week? So this week we have um, a couple. So we've got Isla and Indy. That was supposed to be my drum roll. Nobody could hear. (laughs) Isla and Indy are so cute. Uh, They are adorable. So this is at Isla and Indy. So uh, Isla is spelled I-S-L-A-H and Indy, same as it sounds. Um, They're two golden girls. They look like, are they labs? Golden Retriever Lab Mix. Okay. So uh, they are beautiful, shiny golden girls. And um, their Instagram is so beautiful. They just have this beautiful look. If you just scroll through, it's just light and airy and so pretty. And uh, we get tagged in a couple of photos here and there. And um, the one that I'm looking at at the moment is of, it's one of the girls lying on this beautiful couch in the studio. And it just looks so beautiful. And um, I just, I love this account. There you go. This week's Celebrity Pups of the Week, our final Celebrity Pups of the Week um, for season one, Isla and Indy. Welcome back to the Dog Friendly KW podcast with your host, Justina McKenzie on Midtown Radio KW. Today, we are doing a Q&A episode, so let's dive back into a few more questions. Justine, what do we got? 
So where can you find local or Canadian-made winter dog clothing or just local makers for dogs in general? So before Mackenzie even says anything, I'm going to plug her new little side biz if you haven't already seen it. Mackenzie has been making these adorable dog clothes that she sews herself and it's so cute. Um, Thanks. Called Little Deer's Apparel. You have 413 followers already? Yeah, no. I know. I'm so happy. Um, So, yeah, I just started uh, three weeks ago, um, but I've been making um, clothing for all size dogs. I haven't done giant breeds yet, but I have been doing um, small to large. So, the biggest I've done is like a lab. and uh, it's just been really fun. And my dogs, uh, they need the clothes and I have extra fabric. So why not share the love? So yeah, I just started that a little while ago. But I consider myself kind of an expert in the field of dog fashion <laughs> <laughs> because of Willa and Aladar. So um, I will plug in a few uh, ideas here. So to be honest, Etsy is a great place to start. Mm-hmm. So you can actually filter for just Canadian um, companies or, or biz- small businesses. Yeah. And I love to do this. So um, I just will, will search whatever I'm looking for. So for example, I'm looking for a dog sweater or dog onesie or dog jumper, whatever you want to call it. I'll just plug that into Etsy, uh, refine my search to stay within Canada. And there are hundreds, like probably thousands of options Um uh, I I love starting my searches there, but there's a few there, local like hyper local spots. Ken's, what yes. are those ones that we found? So walk in the bark is uh, the first one. So walk in the bark. Um, half the year uh, they're in uh, Florida, but they're from Kitchener Waterloo, and they do leashes and. Collars, Colors. things like that. Um, really, really uh, nice stuff. Um, really neat designs, and they'll also do custom work. So if you need mm-hmm. some, something custom made for your pup, then uh, ask them. Yeah. Um, another good one is Ollie and Dud for the so, cute little bandanas. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yes. So Allison is a friend of mine. Uh, we uh, we do agility together. Dudley's in my class, and uh, I just I the work she does is really, really great. She makes cute little bandanas and she does customized work and it's, uh, it's really, uh, really, really cute stuff. Um, all right. Our next question, Mackenzie, what is it? With a dog who is extremely food motivated, what are your favorite indoor activities that don't involve toys? So this person has seen our nose work idea, but are there any other ideas? Mm, I have a very food motivated dog, so this speaks well to me. (laughs) Um, So we talked about um, indoor, we we did a whole episode on indoor activities, right? Yeah, we did. So that is a great episode to give a listen to. Um, The best place to start is like snuffle mats, Kongs and West Paws, and licky mats. So if you've got a food-motivated dog, particularly the licky mats and the Kongs and West Paws are going to keep them occupied for a longer period of time. Snuffle mats are still pretty quick, um, but these are all really enriching activities. 
Um, there's also lots of like DIY stuff you can do. So there's the, like the paper towel treat DIY. So you literally take like an old paper towel roll, stuff the treats in it, fold it up. I mean, my dog would destroy that in like 0.5 of a second. You could also just do trick training. So it's always fun to teach your dog new tricks. Again, you don't need a a lot of space and you can uh, have it, uh, trick training sessions last maybe five to 10 minutes, um, mm-hmm. but it really uh, wears out your dog. It gets their brain working and they, they, they absolutely love it. So, and Justine, patience exercises, you're the queen of this. Yeah. So we talked about this in the indoor activity episode, but like, if you have a food motivated dog, like you don't have to complicate this stuff. Like sometimes I literally sit on the couch with a treat on my knee or on the couch in front of me or in between my feet, like I'm claiming the space, the treat is mine. And Marshall just has to lay there and wait until he's calm and I give it to him. Um, and this is actually mentally exhausting for your dog. You're teaching them to be respectful around food. You're teaching patience um, and you don't have to do a whole lot. And it's actually pretty draining for them. So that's a really easy activity. Um, yeah, lots of great stuff to do if you've got a food motivated dog. What's next? What do we got? What, this is definitely a question for Mackenzie, what resources do you recommend for training more sensitive pups? Yep. This is Aladar written all over it. So um, first things first is find something that your dog really loves, something that motivates them. So this could be one of a couple things. This could be food. It could be a toy. It could be something as simple as affection or play, just something that your dog loves and is most rewarded by. So that's number one. What is that for Aladar? She's not super food motivated. So what is her biggest motivator? So when we're in a calm space, it is food. When we're in a very, when we're in a more like busiest type space, it's just words of like, good girl, you got it. Yeah, words of (laughs) affirmation. It's just like, like, just something as simple as just saying good girl. Number two, don't get frustrated. So I know from experience, this one can be really hard because you're like, come on, you're not going to die, dog. You're going to be okay. Easier said than done, eh? So it can be very, very frustrating, but you need to know when to take a step back and just when to stop. So Aladar would legitimately shut down just from um, not, just from me not cueing on when she's done. Mm-hmm. So take a more soft approach to these uh, to these little guys. Um, positive reinforcement works really well. I found with sensitive dogs. Yeah. So even Willa has her moments of sensitivity. Um, just positive reinforcement. Um, I find myself more of a balanced trainer um, when it comes to my dogs, but when they're in these situations where they're shutting down, positive reinforcement all the way. All right. Those are great tips. Thanks, guns. Now that I can relate, I have the least sensitive dog on the planet. Um, <laughs> so we are going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back for a super exciting season finale lightning round. So stay tuned. Pew pew. pew, pew.
All right. It is now time for our lightning round. Pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. Here we go. All right. This is our season one recap lightning round. I'm going to shoot out the first question. Justine, you're going to answer. Oh, my God. I'm afraid. (laughs) Number one. What was your favorite episode of season one? Oh, my God. I think that's the hardest question ever. I'm going to go with the Petticoat episode. Ooh. I feel like that episode, we like, it was episode three. We like started to get our groove. It felt really good. And I feel like we had a lot of really meaningful content to offer people. Like it was really informative and helpful. Um, so yeah, I liked that one. It was good. That was my number two. My number one was the um, adopt shop rescue. The one you didn't want to do. The one I didn't want to do. We got such great feedback. I loved it. I really love talking to all, everybody that reached out to us. So um, that's why I think it was my favorite, to be honest. Cool. All right. Second question. Kind of similar, but a little different. What was your favorite thing to talk about this season? I already know mine. Adventure planning? hmm Yeah. 100% adventure planning. Like, I could do five episodes. I could do a whole podcast on adventure planning. <laughs> That's the one that's sticking out to me too. That was really fun just because I we both love traveling with our dogs. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, that's a unanimous decision. Okay, number three. What's one thing you want to reinforce to our listeners for this season? Don't give up on your dog. Honestly, your dog is never going to be perfect. They're always going to have struggles. Their struggles are going to evolve as you go through your life. Um whether you introduce kids into your household or you already have kids or, you know, your lifestyle changes or you move, like things are always changing. And um, just always like think about your dog when it comes to your life and don't give up on them. And that's all. I love that. I 100%. Yeah, I 100% agree. I will just follow up with saying, um, if you are struggling, yeah, don't give up, but your dog loves going places with you. So this is why we started Dog Friendly KW. We just love to bring our dog places and um, we would love to see other dogs places too. So don't give up, bring your dog out. All right. Next question. What topic would you like to revisit in the future? Um, For me, I would love to take, again, that Adopt, Don't Shop episode and split it into two. I would love to do a full episode just on rescues. So Canadian rescues, out-of-country rescues, why dogs are rescued, where they're rescued from, et cetera, et cetera. But to flip that, I would also love to do just a um, well-bred versus purebred episode on on what to look for and why dogs are purebred, et cetera, et cetera. So that's something for me. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I was going to say dive more into the rescue stuff. I feel mm-hmm. like listening back to the Adopt, Don't Shop episode one of the things we chatted about was like the idea of Marshall being like a bit of a wild card because he was a rescue and I never want that to undermine the incredible work that rescues do to match dogs to families because they do such incredible work with that and I would love to dig into that a bit more with like a local rescue to talk about kind of like behind the scenes what does it look like to rescue dogs exactly yeah I think that would be fantastic um Lastly, what are you most excited for in season two? More guests. Yeah. (laughs) 
So excited for more guests. We have some really, really exciting guests planned for season two with some really, really interesting topics. Um, we kind of eased into guests this season. So um, next season, I think you can expect a bit more of a 50-50 split. So half the time with just the two of us and then half the time with a guest. And I'm really excited for that. There's so much dog knowledge out there. We just mm-hmm. can't wait to share it with everybody. So bring on the guests. What are you most excited for? Are you stealing mine? I'm stealing yours because it's oh. true. All right. <laughs> Fine. All right. That's it. That's all. Our season one recap lightning round. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> So thanks for tuning in today to the Dog Friendly KW podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening to today's episode and to the first season of our show. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So please feel free to shoot us a DM on Instagram and we'd love to chat further. So thanks for listening. Thank you, everybody. Every potty. Oh my God. That was cheese. Peanut butter and cheese. Uh, gross. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Today is our final episode of season one. Can you believe it? It's flying. Wow, flying by floating by and what are we doing today uh floating by (laughs) (laughs) your ghost your ghost i went to to whoop and then i was like wait no i should woof because that's our thing and then my brain just got like all scrambled